running out of time. Then he stops. Jason Tatum. 33%. Tatum getting greedy. Good golly. Oh, my God. Everyone in the building knew it was coming. And it's still in the three. Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. But before the topics for today, I want to just announce that the Jason Tatum video is out now. It's on the YouTube channel. Uh, Link is in the show notes, as always, for you all to enjoy. Uh, I also want to let you guys know that this episode should be quicker than usual. And it's because I'm ditching this current equipment and swapping over to a Rodecaster Pro. Um, You guys probably don't know what that is. But uh, unless some of you are really aware of like studio equipment and things like that. Um, But it is the expensive route. For what it is I'm trying to do here, uh, it comes in. It's it's coming in this Thursday, supposedly, and this equipment's been giving me, you know, the kind of trouble I just didn't expect, um, the kind of trouble that's forcing me to not trust in recording long pods, some sound skips here and there, which forces me to go through a very detailed editing process. Uh, forcing me to re-record some things. Uh, it's just bigger delays and things that I don't want to have to deal with, especially when you're spending upwards of 200 bucks. Uh, so I went an even more expensive route uh, to get some more quality equipment uh, that I can actually rely on for recording. And so hopefully that is the last step in what it is I need to do to just be able to do something as simple as just recording this pod. You know, I don't want that to be a delay for me, right? This this should be the easiest part, right? The editing and all that good stuff is is the part that should be time consuming, not just the the act of recording, right? That should never be a mission. Uh, but anyways, I do want to talk about to start this episode. Jason Tatum gets, uh, you know, speaking of Tatum, right? Like the episode, the video that I just made for him. So he got he scored fifty one on MLK Day, which was yesterday. Uh, just obviously continuing to push his all-star spot. Uh, but more importantly, coming away with a win against a team that they had to beat, right? With no questions asked, right? They beat the Hornets. It was a very fun game to watch, though. Just just to watch Tatum cook, right? Even if the Hornets suck. Uh, but watching this game, it made me ask myself, like, what exactly are the Hornets doing? Right? Like, doesn't seem like the team has a direction, I just recently saw today that they're officially taking offers for Terry Rozier, which isn't surprising and it shouldn't be for anyone. Uh, But it does make you wonder, like, where is he going to end up? Very interesting player that's become available in the sense of, you know, it's very niche, right? Like, like I can't see, I, I, I don't see why a young team would trade for someone like Rozier. I get the sense that a contender would want to add some depth or or maybe a fringe contender wants to try to gamble and kind of turn the corner and take a chance on a guy like Rozier. But it's also interesting to know, like, what direction the Hornets decide to take this, right? Like, do they, t- do they trade Rozier for whatever young talent is available or are they focusing on trading for more picks, Right, depending on what it is exactly his value is, he's kind of a tricky player value-wise. Uh, he's good for twenty a night, right? I think it was like twenty-four and four, right? Four, four rebounds, four assists, guy, which is not bad. You know, it's definitely a guy that can hold his own offensively. Um, it's just the defense where it can kind of get a little tricky with Terry Rozier, but he can he can really score. Like he can get if he gets you twenty a night 
um, you know, what exactly would the Hornets be willing to uh, to take in for Terry Rozier, right? So um, he's not an old guy either for these teams, right? He's 28 years old, so he's not old, right? Like he's he is a vet. He's definitely a vet, but he's he's a young vet, you know, and he has three more years on his contract, which gives the other team that trades for him a window to figure it out, right? Whether whether they keep him or they decide to just trade him down the line, right? So that that has some value too. The fact that that you do have him for quite some time, right? Three years is a pretty long time in today's NBA, uh, especially with guys getting moved around or guys requesting trades all the time. Uh, but anyways, I want to move on to this next topic, the Jazz. They beat the Timberwolves, right, on Walker Kessler's 20.21 rebound monster game, right? Now, I didn't watch this game, but when you see the box score, you see the highlights, you see the posts, 20 points and 21 rebounds for Walker Kessler. Do you guys remember when I was saying, when I came out with that episode about the Utah Jazz trade with the Timberwolves, and I was telling you guys that Walker Kessler was a sleeper version? It's like a rookie Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's literally... I mean, let me look at the... uh, You know what? Rudy Gobert is an elite shot blocker, right? That's something that we know about him, right? So let's do Walker Kessler stats. Let's see how many blocks per game. Uh, Walker Kessler's averaging right let's 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 do that real quick that's what I want to see he's averaging two blocks per game see how much Rudy Gobert is averaging 1.3 so Walker Kessler's averaging more blocks uh points per game so Rudy Gobert's averaging let's see I'll tell you right now he's at 13.3 so we'll just say 13 and 11 right 13 points 11 rebounds let's go to Walker Kessler and see what he's averaging right now okay yeah so you know seven and seven right? But he's on two blocks. So he's blocking more than Rudy Gobert, right? You know, and, and he is on that projection, right? Like he, he could easily be an 11 and 11 guy, 15 and 10 guy. Definitely. I mean, that's kind of what I projected for him uh, when watching Auburn play. You know, this is a guy, nice little skill set, right? In the post, he develops a shot and he's going to be better than Rudy Gobert, right? I mean, that's just you know, that's going to make this trade look even worse, right? And, and I've talked about this trade a lot, um, so I don't want to keep bringing it up, but it is games like these where you get, you know, the Utah Jazz and the Timberwolves, and how do you not get reminded? I mean, the franchise or the fan bases just, you know, they, they know what it is when these two teams match up against each other. And <laughs> honestly, I root for the Jazz every time. I really do, because I think to myself, wow, here's a team, obviously Danny Ainge as well, here's a team that understands what they had wasn't working, and they were going to get maximum compensation for what they had, and it's exactly what they got, right? Uh, They got a bunch of picks, they got players that are actually valuable, that are actually tradable, they have high trade value. If they do decide to trade, you know, haven't talked a lot about the Jazz. I I told you guys that I would have an apology episode uh, because I thought they were going to be terrible. And I kept harping on them. I kept saying, don't worry, you know, they're going to be terrible and this and that. Um, And as we look at the standings, yeah, 23 and 24, you know, and and you know what? I'm going to say this, right? I will apologize on this episode now to the Utah Jazz. I have to, right? Like I can't dance around this anymore right? Like, I don't care if 
if uh, if they don't even make the playoffs, right? Up until the midpoint of this season, these guys have literally held a playoff spot. Something that the Lakers, something that the Suns, uh, even, even the Timberwolves haven't been able to do, you know? I mean, it's it's even the Trailblazers, right? Like, the... It's crazy. You see the Suns down here, right? Like like the Jazz, they win some, they lose some, but they stay solid, right? Like this is, you know, this is a team that I definitely respect. Um, now, I don't think, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? My heart says no and my mind says no. And I say that because I just feel like you would have to think that the, the some of these teams under the Jazz are going to get it together at some point, right? Whether it's through a play-in game and they just get in the playoffs, right? But the Jazz can make it, you know? I'm not saying that they're off, right? I think they're definitely better than the Timberwolves. I think they're better than the Trailblazers, you know? In a series, like, let's say we're playing in a game. Well, you know, we the thing is, we put these guys in a, in a play-in game, Right. And let's say they're playing the Trailblazers in a play in game. I can't tell you that Damian Lillard isn't going to win that game for them. Right. Like this is a seasoned guy, superstar, one of the clutchest players in the league. I would have to bank on the Trailblazers just because of that. So that's like the downfall for these Jazz. Right. Like if they are matched up in a play in game, let's say worst case scenario, play in game against the Warriors. Playing game against the Timberwolves. Well, they'll beat the Timberwolves. That's me. But, uh, you know, playing game against the Trailblazers. You know, against the Suns. Maybe the Lakers, right? If the Lakers somehow end up in the playing game. Um, you know, I would say the Jazz probably lose to all of those teams. Maybe they could beat the Lakers, right? Because they can get really hot, you know? And the Lakers still have not solved the shooting problem. So if that becomes a run and gun, like a shootout, the Jazz could come out on top against the Lakers in the playing game. I'm just saying, you know, I, I would I would put I would bet on LeBron, right, in a game that matters against guys that, you know, haven't really been there for the most part, right? We're talking about most of their young core. Um, you know, but anyways, you know, definitely apologize to the Jazz, the fans of the Jazz, the listeners that have been probably thinking I'm hating on them and I mean, they deserve it, man. Whether they make the playoffs or not, they have held very, very solidly this year, right? Winning, winning, losing, winning, losing. You know, even if they stay 500, hats off to them, man, because they they definitely proved me and a lot of other people wrong. Uh, but I do want to move on. I saw the Raptors beat the Knicks, right? 123 to 121, but it doesn't have anything to do with this game. CJ McCollum said something interesting about the Raptors that you guys may or may not have heard. Okay, now here's the quote. Uh, this is from supposedly the link says CJ McCollum show, right? So here's the, here's the quote. There's rumblings about certain players on the team not being happy. And due to tampering, I can't speak to that. But I think they're going to move someone. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's very specific. And remember, he is... He's the president of the NBA Players Association. You know, he does get some scoops, I'm sure, right? And he does talk to players too, right? I mean, the players talk amongst each other. 
And so this is interesting, right? This is interesting information. It's an interesting quote because it comes right ahead of the trade deadline, right? This is where all the rumors start circling and things start going crazy. Now, I I don't like that he brought this up uh, because it creates tension. Uh, it just adds more pressure. But, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, I guess, obviously, if he, if he knows this, I'm sure a lot of players around the league know that. Um, you know, I don't really know much about what's going on with the Raptors. I just know that they're not playing uh, the way I expected them to be playing, right? Now, I'm starting to hear uh, people complain about Nick Nurse and how he is very uh, stuck in his ways in the sense of this is what he wants to be doing as a coach, and, you know, there's no if ands, or buts, and he sticks to it, and it rubs people the wrong way, similar to, like, a Coach Tom Thibodeau, where he just makes it, or like a Doc Rivers, where these guys just have a game plan, and they stick to it, and they don't give in, right? Um, not something that I thought would be an issue with Nick Nurse, because this is a guy that he kind of tries everything, Right. I mean, this guy was running zone and, you know, doing a bunch of things that you would see in college and in international games, uh, maybe even the G League, you know, just untraditional defensive schemes um, to kind of mess with 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 the NBA teams. Right. That don't generally see these schemes and come out winning a lot of games doing that, doing things like that. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, it's interesting because you start to think, you know, is Freddie Van Vliet on the move? Right. Like OG Ananobi. You know, you, you hear things, you read things where, well, hey, if you guys want OG Ananobi, we want, uh, you know, we want some, and I'll actually get you the, yeah, this came out um, on Bleacher Report. If you guys don't uh, don't have Bleacher Report, I recommend you get the app. You get a lot of good news uh, pretty much on the spot, right? So here's a quote that I got from this, uh, from Bleacher Report, and it says, meanwhile, Raptors officials have left rival front offices with the impression that it would take a haul at least in the ballpark of Atlanta's offseason price for DeJounte Murray, which is multiple unprotected first round picks for Toronto to even consider parting with OG Ananobi, a known favorite of Masai Ujiri, <laughs> right? So this is, you know, teams do this, right? They start to kind of lay the foundation, right? They kind of let everyone know ahead of the trade deadline, like, if you guys want this guy, you better come with a high price, right? Like you or, or with a high trade offer, right? Like we want a lot for this. Like don't even call us if uh, if we're not getting somewhere in the vicinity of what we just said, right? Like multiple picks, uh, you know. And remember the the San Antonio Spurs traded Murray to the Hawks, right? And that was for Danilo Gallinari, right? Uh, let's see, 2023 first round pick, 2025 first round pick, 2026 pick swap, and a 2027 first round pick. It was a big haul for DeJounte Murray, right? So that's the kind of ballpark for OG Ananobi that the Raptors have said. Now, listen, do I think that that the Raptors think this highly of OG Ananobi? Like, okay, let's put it in their head, right? Would they offer all that for OG Ananobi? Hell no. Right, no way, the Raptors would offer all that for OG Ananobi. Now, OG Ananobi, very valuable, right? Two-way player, hard defender, can score. Um, been around for a little bit now, 
um, you know, valuable. He's experienced, right? He's seen some important games in his career. Uh, he's come up big, uh, you know, a little bit of, le- you know, sometimes the, the shot is kind of, kind of tricky, right? Very streaky in that sense. But this is a guy that can really add a lot to a championship, uh, to a team with, with championship hopes, right? Um, so I understand. But remember, guys, uh, in, in the world of business, right, you always start high, right? Like, like you make it seem like, you know, you want all of this and then maybe you walk away with a little bit less than what you asked, right? But if you don't start really high, you set the bar so low that what you get back isn't going to be probably worth it, right? Probably won't be worth it. So I understand, right? So I'm not saying they're insane. I'm saying we all know they would not offer all those picks to get to get OG Ananobi, right? If, if, if it was a different universe where they want OG Ananobi and they have to offer all those picks, they wouldn't do it. But that's basically what they've said. Now, I don't know, you know, a guy like OG Ananobi would be great on the Lakers, on, on, uh, and I don't just say that because, you know, because I'm just trying to name the Lakers. I'm saying, I'm trying to find teams that need, you know, two-way ability, right? Scoring and defense. And OG Ananobi is not just some, oh, just three and D. No, no, no. This guy defends. Like he can actually guard centers in certain situations. Active hands. He's very strong. He doesn't give up. He plays hard all the time. This is a guy that can really pop off, right? You've seen nights where he just goes off for a ton of points, just a guy that can really make things happen for a team. And so any team that you can think of, right, that needs two-way ability, but solid two-way, like like just very, very experienced player. And I think that he does hold high value, right? We'll see what they get for him if they trade him. I would want to trade him if I was the Raptors because, you know, this season looks like it's pretty done right? I would start moving in the direction of let's, let's get some draft capital, right? Like, let's say what we can get for these guys. I don't know. That's just, that's, that's kind of my, my way of thinking at this point. When you see, when you see how this is turning out, right? Guys are starting to get a little older, right? They start to not really fit the timeline of your newer guys that are a little younger. Um, and it gets tricky, right? Because you start to see the landscape, right? You see the Memphis Grizzlies coming up. The Denver Nuggets are out there, right? Uh, the Boston Celtics, right? In your conference, they, they're looking like they're going to they're gonna be around for a while. Um, you know, you, you still have the, the Sixers. Um, don't really think too much of them, you know. But even if you do, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, right, are, are there. And who knows how long they'll be around. Um, you know, and then we look out West as well and you're thinking, you know, obviously the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference can't forget them. Um, you know, but you're also looking at, you know, other young teams like, you know, you got Luka Doncic, right. Trying to get over the hump. Right. So, so, you know, you're, you're looking at what you're competing against right now and you're definitely not at that level. Right. I would say, I would say so. Right. I think, I think that when you're comparing to some of these other teams, you're definitely under them right now, and you need to make a decision. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, I want to get into this last part real quick before I end this episode. Memphis Grizzlies, they blew out the Suns 136-106. to 
which puts the Suns below OKC in the standings alongside the lottery teams. Okay, no Devin Booker in this game, no Chris Paul in this game. But again, with DeAndre Ayton being the man on this team while CP3 and Booker aren't playing, you get 18 points, which is his typical output in a normal setting, right? I expect more when those guys aren't there. And guys, he played 30 minutes. He got five rebounds. How, like, how is that even possible? You're seven feet. You're not even a stretch big, right? You, so you can't argue, oh, well, he spreads the floor. He's out on the three-point line. No, this guy is always close to the rim. He's like a, he's a pick-and-roll diver, right? Lob threat, like post player. Not a shooter. And he's seven feet. He played 30 minutes and grabbed five rebounds. This is the kind of stuff that I was talking about a couple of episodes ago. DeAndre Ayton, like I said, one of the most overrated number one picks in recent memory. I mean, I mean, he like like I said, he is a solid center, solid contributor, right? He's gonna come in, you know, 18 and 10, 17 and 10, whatever it is. He might give you 30 one night, right? And then he'll give you 10 points one night. You know, I said that a couple of episodes ago, so I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's one of those things, right? Like when you're the Suns the franchise, the fans, what do you think in this scenario, right? Obviously, guys have been out of lineups, right? Out of the lineup. So, you know, you can obviously think about that and kind of convince yourself, right? Like, you know, once we get our guys, we get some continuity, right? We get more games under our belt, maybe make a move in the trade deadline. Who knows what the hell's happening with Jay Crowder? Um, But yeah, you know, who knows what this team's going to do, man? But it doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Um, You know, I went from thinking, you know, hey, this might be a team that th- this might be the team that makes the run this year. You know, I was actually thinking while well, they were ahead, right? They were the one seed for some time in the Western Conference, and I even came out with an episode on one of those episodes. One of the topics was the Phoenix Suns, and I was asking if we had to pick who's going to come out of the West. At the time, they were playing great, and I actually said, "Well, you know, I don't really trust a lot of these younger teams." I would trust a team that's probably more recently been to the finals. And if it's not the Warriors, uh, obviously, I would think it was the Suns at the time. But man, that's not that's not looking that's not looking anywhere near accurate. But yeah, uh, you know, anyways, the link to the Jason Tatum video is in the show notes. Uh, Like I said earlier in the episode for you guys to enjoy. I hope you guys like it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you already watched it, I'll be working on another video sometime soon this week. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.